The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, nice left big hook. left hook from Edgar. Frankie, the absolute oh. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> James, I know you're a leader, but relax. You're a co-pilot right now. All right. Oh, by the way, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. James just is asking, you want us to bring us in? James, dude, let's, let's do your version. You say it. Which part? That's it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Oh. We like to have a... Yeah, go ahead, do it. What's up, guys? Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. I'm your boy, JK. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Serra. Today, we are going to be breaking down fights with the answer, Frankie E, Easy E, my man, one of the greatest bantamweight, featherweight, lightweights of all time. Big match coming up, Madison Square Garden 281 against Chris Gutierrez. Matt, I don't know about you, but I am stoked for this fight. I'm going to tell you right now, James, if this, I know you're a retired fighter, and I know that the word, I know you, listen, I can see you as a shock jock. The way you came in right there, I feel that you are magic on the mic. Do you, did you ever think of yourself being like a, not a disc jockey, but a guy who's be hard there like, hey, well, this is Friday, yeah. this is Friday night at the shelter. No, listen, what, you're good on the mic. Do you have your own, pod, you have your own podcast, don't you? Yeah, yeah. What is it? The 1% Club. The 1% club. Yeah. Now tell me something. Because you, we're going to talk to Frankie Edgar in a second. I can't wait. We, you went over exactly what the fuck we're doing. Frankie's. Was that the real intro? Are we using that? Oh, no. Listen to me. We're oh. using everything. This is the no, thing about. No, no. Trust me, James. We are letting our hair down. We're, no one was starting. We're starting when I did mine. And then we're going to go right to you doing yours. And this is fucking it. This Let's is go. UFC Unfiltered. We have a, James, we have a good time here. You it's know tough. how your one percent club is a very professional podcast, and it's fucking <laughs> we're laid back. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got we're it. Let's go. I'm with it. Yeah, we're going. This is I'm basically it. this is it. Oh, he's about to bring. We're gonna talk to the great, the legend, Frank Yeager. And when that's over, when Frankie's done, we're catching up, James. I want to talk to you. I want to see the. I want to hear about your retired life, which is not really retired. No. You're the type of guy. That, you're the type of guy that. You don't take naps, do you? No, I wish I could. 
You're that guy. Frankie, first of all, the legend. Frank Yeager. Easy eat. Maddie, Sarah. What's up, brother? I'm so happy to see you, man. And you know the great James Krause. Of course I do. Of course. Oh, man. Appreciate you. Of course. Everybody does. I'll tell hey, you I just, Hey, I just gave you a killer intro, bro. Killer intro. All right. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it was, wait, listen, not for anything, Frankie. It was, I started it. I did mine. It, I don't, it's not exactly espresso-fueled. It was kind of, hey, you know, <laughs> James did it. I can Dude, do it again. I'm telling you right now, like a like a quadruple shot of espresso he took. Second pulp fiction. He took the adrenaline shot to the heart. Yeah. He like, <laughs> anyway, Frankie, does it feel this is, has to be odd for you, man? Because listen, we know each other a long time, dude. Long time. Before you were in the UFC. It feels does it feel weird knowing this is the last one? It does, man. It really does. You know, uh, it's uh i'm trying to take it all in you know but yes. you got to focus on the fight too so are you gonna like maybe not sprint to the cage you want to enjoy it so much maybe you're not gonna you may uh, be able to skip no it. you have to mandatory you yeah. have to bro yeah I, I won't be able to help myself i won't you be able to help myself <laughs> you have to man i have a, i have a question for you i have a, i have a question for you so like obviously listen i'm not trying to be disrespectful when i say this but you're obviously you're getting older right and i Myself, you know, I, I don't have the, the I don't think I have the fights that you do uh, in the UFC, at least. But I have I'm pushing like between 70 and 80 fights pro and amateur total over the course of 15, 16 years. So how do you feel? How do you feel like that you've uh, adapted your style and your game like different things as you've gotten older? Is there anything different that you've done as far as like recovery? Like uh, for me, I know I have to be on my diet much better now than I used to be able to. So like, what are some things that you're doing to, to deal with that? I guess. I think, you know, going down and weight kind of forced me to, 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 you know, when I was at 55, I could eat whatever I want. I could have a beer here and there 45, I could, you know, cheat a little bit, but at 35, I got to be on point. And uh, you know, the past two years I've been there and I think that's kind of, you know, squared me up and, and made, made sure that, uh, you know, I walked that line and it's probably better for my body. Now, listen, we could talk, you know, running on treadmills, ice baths all day long, but that's almost over for you. What is going to happen? What I want to know, two months, three months after this fight, we go, listen, regardless, well, you're already a winner. You're already a legend, Hall of Famer. Then you're gonna, You're a legend, Frankie. No matter, regardless of what happens, and don't get me wrong, I wish you victory. You're my boy. Two, three months after the fight, we don't have another fight. That you've been doing, that's the route. You have this routine for the last, I don't know, how long is your career, bro? 20 years? Close you know? to it. Close to it, yeah. But what happens after that, Frankie? Are you done? Did we get everything out of the basement? I, uh, you know, I don't think I'll ever get anything out of the, everything I, out of the basement, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I just like that I'm going on my terms. You know, um, I'm the one saying I got to go. I'm not, it's not like an injury that's making me go or, or, or a fight's making me go. I'm the one that's saying it's got, I got to go. So I think that that's important for me. How is your family? Are they, are they like, thank goodness? Or are they, how is it? Is it different with your kids to your wife? How is it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're treating it a little special too. My wife's been a little bit nicer to me this camp. You know what I mean? So I'm, 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 I'm squeezing it all out as I, as I can. Do you have plans for like, like, or, I mean, I'm sure you've set yourself up fairly well, but do you have something like, okay, when, when fighting ends, I'm going straight into this. 
Uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of things I want, I want to, I want to try, you know, I want to jump into, um, you know, I definitely want to open up school, uh, in my hometown. I think, uh, you know, I got a lot of kids I like to, to help out. My, my sons wrestle, they maybe want to get into this in the future. So I think that'd be a good avenue for them. Uh, I'd even like to help with the, the uh, you know, obviously I was Ali's first client. I think I could help him in, in the managerial, you know, position. Um, I even acted in a movie recently. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm open for a lot of things. I didn't know you were Ali's first client. That's awesome. Yeah, we started back in uh, 2011, I believe, was his first client. Me and Henzo, me and Henzo. But, uh, you know, I was the guy fighting at the time. Ali, a little controversial. I always got along with him, maybe because I'm a Henzo guy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Frankie, tell me about this movie experience. What's the movie about? And now are you just a thug in the background? You got a speaking role? What's going on here? You know, I, I was supposed to be just a, just like a, a you know cameo type role, and then someone fell out, and the guy said, "Hey, do you want a main role?" So I'm one of the main characters, which is pretty wild. Uh, I played a gangster, you know, so it's not really too far. You know, in my mind, I think I'm a gangster a little bit. You know what I mean? All of us do it over here. We all do. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it, it was awesome. It was it was an indie film, um, local guy from around the area. Uh, you know, it was called The Bastard Sons, and uh, yeah, it, it was an awesome experience to be a part of. Like three weeks of filming. Uh, we just did our, 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 our cast and crew premiere a couple weeks ago. I thought it came out pretty good. So they're shopping it to the festivals and, and you know, we're going to see what that, we'll see where it goes. Is it going to air anywhere we know, or is it? I, I, that I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie at, at this, so I'm yes. kind of just going for the ride. And uh, yeah, I think they're shopping it to festivals. I'm sure that's how it goes. If it gets picked up there, but uh, if I get a, if I get a, a, a screener, you know, I'm going to send you one. <laughs> how nerve wracking was that stand-up comedy. For the people that don't know, it's called, what is it called again? The UFC Comedy Hour or some shit? What is it? Jam, Comedy Jam, right? Comedy Jam. UFC Comedy, comedy Jam. James Krause, yeah. do you know about this? I don't. I'll tell you right now, James Krause, if he's not in a corner giving a fucking Braveheart fucking speech or fucking he's, he's got real estate, this guy's the type of guy, Frankie. He's, he's like all, he's, I know, I hear, I hear, that's what I hear. But, um, where were we? What were you we saying, Frankie? Bring me back. You said the, uh, the stand up, stand up. James, <laughs> Frankie, you know what's great? James, James thinks I'm a hundred percent unprofessional. Frankie knows. No, I love <laughs> it. Yeah. I love it. James, because James it. did the intro. I did my intro. I did James did his. James is so fucking clean and professional. And I'm like, hey, dude, don't you're earning your money. I'm telling you right now. What the fuck were we talking about right before that? Don't bring me back. Oh, the fucking comedy hour. Comedy, comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy, comedy. Uh, how nerve-wracking. I Listen, I played around with that one time on looking for a fight. It felt the nerves was the, it's the closest thing I had when I got done with it because it went well. It felt like almost the feeling of winning a fight. How yeah. did you feel? With, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was scared as hell. That's the reason I did it because it scared the hell out of me, you know, um. I thought I did okay, you know. I I, I wrote I, I wrote I had some help with the jokes, but I, you know I wrote most of it myself. Did uh, you? Then, yeah, it was a five minute set, you know. Uh, definitely helped. Adam helped me. Caught my buddies helped me, but most of the material was my own. Um, you know, I, I I felt like I rushed it a little bit. Maybe could do a better job, but uh, you know it's different. In fighting, I feel like when you walk in the cage, the nerves go away. I feel like when you walk on stage, the nerves really come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit opposite there. <laughs> James Krause. Could we see you on a future episode of uh, Deaf Comedy Jam? You, no, I'm no, not, I'm not you funny at all. Comedy Jam or some shit? Oh, <laughs> no, what do you I'm, think? Not, I'm not funny at all. No, hell no. <laughs> I think that's funny no. that you're saying you're not funny. No, I'm not, not funny at all. 
You never know, man. Listen, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie is is such a legend that I, he doesn't listen. If I'm watching Frankie Edgar do comedy, I don't give a shit what he says. I'm laughing at it just to show <laughs> my respect. Just to show you, know, her, I, oh, you get the fake is ah, oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was self-deprecating. That's how you gotta be. I, I made fun of myself quite a bit in the show. So, you know, I figure you can't go wrong that way. You gotta goof on yourself a little bit. That reminds me, man, of when I was doing that Hall of Fame thing. There was a guy help trying to help you write your speech. Frankie, get ready for this because they're gonna fucking just do your own shit. Because there was a guy, this guy, they I think they canned him since, but he was doing these jokes on me where it was like, look, I can I can take a joke, trust me. Short, bald, I can get chubby once in a while. But dude, this fucking guy, he goes, I want you to start it off by saying, Hey, everybody knows I'm the Buster Douglas of MMA. I'm like, hey, whoa, hey, whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah, slow down, slow down. I'm like, hey, slow down. <laughs> he goes, and every, I, Toy Story, my T-Rex song. Dude, I wanted to smack this motherfucker. <laughs> I go, dude, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to take my chances up there. <laughs> so make a note for yourself when you're doing your Hall of Fame speech. Absolutely. You got to write that yourself, man. You got to write that. That has to yeah, be Yeah, it's got to be genuine. Got to be genuine. They try to scare you. You know why? They want some credentials. They want their name on your little fucking speech. The guy was yeah, like, look. Yeah, we'll yeah. negate that. He goes, yo, Uriah Fabe is a personable guy. He goes, he got lost up there. He's throwing the guy under the bus. I go, wow, what are you fucking scaring me? Fuck that guy. But uh, <laughs> no, listen, besides fighting, I can see you, because I know you like working with the kids with the wrestling, having your own school. Because that's true happiness. What really is, question for both of you, not to get too deep, what what really is happiness? Getting a fucking bigger house and then getting a bigger house than that and then getting two and then getting one on a... That might not be three. Not really <laughs> no, seriously. But what is true fucking happiness? I'm a retired guy. James Krause, you're a retired guy, at least from fighting. And, and you're soon to be a retired guy. These guys that lived on life in the cage, that's it's not a very happy... It, it, their, their second career is a fucking career where it's like, fuck, this guy's got to go to a war, job so when you go yeah. from living almost like a rock star, training, fighting, when's my next fight, getting on a plane, this and that, and next thing you know, I got to go clock in an eight-hour day. On, I'm not shitting on anybody. Mm. But I'm saying, what is the true happiness? When you have a school today, I was almost late for my day. I did the 7 a.m. class, took a little nap, woke up. I had the guys there for noon. I'm having a fucking – am I working all day? Am I fucking enjoying life? I got the kids' class later. Frankie, all three, all three of my daughters are training now. You know, that's amazing. That's amazing. I don't know, James. I mean, what do you think? I actually have a, I actually have a good answer for this. Uh, Well, I feel like it's a good answer. I've thought a lot about this and I think with fighters, I've said this numerous times before, but I think with fighters, the problem is, is most fighters have an identity issue. And what that means is, is like, uh, let's just say I'm James Krause, the fighter. Like I identify myself as a fighter. So the, 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 the problem with that is, is that's pretty much all you have. And then you attach yourself with the result of your last fight, right? So if I'm James Cross, the fighter, I won my last fight. So James Cross is now a winner. I look at myself as a winner, but if I lose my last fight, then I'm a loser. So the problem is, is these guys get into a position where they, they don't know themselves right internally. Uh, and they're not, they're not, uh, they have an identity issue. So they'll, they'll go. When, when their last, they're when their last fight and they're a winner, they're on the, you know, the, you guys know as well as I do, the, the feeling that you have of winning is the, 
I've never done an illegal drug in my life, but it's the closest thing to drugs. I got to think, right? Like mm -hmm. this is why people get addicted to drugs is because we're addicted to that, that dopamine drip when we win a fight in front of millions of people. True. The problem is, is when you lose, it is the exact opposite of that. It would be like the equivalent of coming down off that high. And you can't, you don't want to walk away from that because you attach yourself as a loser. So the only thing in your brain, especially after you've been doing this for 15, 20 years, if you identify as a fighter, the only thing that makes you a winner again is winning. So you'll see these guys that get older and it's like, they're just, they're chasing what I call the white rabbit. And it's, it's an identity issue. It's not, it has nothing to do with fighting anymore. They're chasing this thing that doesn't exist, that feeling. They want the feeling. They want the, they want the hit again. And it just, it doesn't. Uh, so for me, like, I think when you, to answer your question, Matt, is like, there's something internally, like it's, it's not, it's not about purchases. It's something internally that you have to be fulfilled with yourself and whatever you're doing. Right. So for me, it's really easy, man. Like I still make the walk every weekend. I still cut the weight with the guys. I'm in the room every day. So I'm still doing it. And I don't miss it at all because I'm still in there every day. But if you walk away from the sport, which I don't recommend for people just to clean cut, walk away. It's like telling an alcoholic just to, Hey, stop. Like you gotta, you can't just pour it out. Like you gotta replace it with something. You gotta replace that fulfillment. Right. Like you have to if you're telling an alcoholic just to stop, you, you, you can say just stop, but you have to replace that feeling that alcohol gives them with something else. Right. And it's the same thing with fighting. You have to replace that. For me, it's easy. I'm getting fulfilled still out of that. But you got to replace, you know, Frankie's talking about opening up a gym. That's going to help fulfill him with that with that MMA feeling. You know, he's going to be able to be a part of the process. And for me, I'm just addicted to the process, man. Whatever I do. Whatever it is, I'm addicted to the process. It's not even the end result. I'm addicted to building things. I'm addicted to being a part of something and growing it. Well said. Shit, man. Shit. That's why you're so good in the corner. Look how well you speak. You get me all fired up. He does. Absolutely. All fired up. Hey, Frank, we're fired up for your fight. All right. MSG. Let's give a proper plug for that. Come on. Come on, co-pilot. Let's give it, James. What is this fight? Bro, this fight next Saturday, UFC 281, my man, Easy e Frankie Edgar taking on good friend of mine, Chris Gutierrez. Listen, I'm super stoked for this matchup. Old school guy, he's got all the knowledge in the world. Future Hall of Famer, Frankie Edgar taking on the young buck. Great low kicker, good range. Chris Gutierrez, listen, I don't think I'm saying anything out of place here. It's very apparent what both of these guys are going to do. We're going to see on Saturday night who can get it done. Shoot, you got my money. If you didn't have it, you have it now. Frankie Edgar, thanks, Let's bro. Go. And please, hey, hey, man, I'm stoked to watch you, bro. Thank you very much for all your hard work and everything, man. It's an honor to be, be able to talk to you the last before this fight, man. Seriously, much respect to you, brother. I appreciate it, guys. You guys, are, you know, Matty, you, know, you obviously, you know, we go back. Uh, James, you're the man. Uh, great talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, about the winning and losing, you know, of course I want to go out and win, but I look at it as I, I, I won already. You know, I won in life already, man. I, I lived a dream. You know, I'm a, I know, I know Matty's a big, big Rocky guy. I was a big Rocky guy, man. I, I'm living a Rocky life and uh, this has been amazing. So, you know, o only good things after this. Frankie, I know you, I met your family. You are a, a huge winner in life. All our best brother. All right. Thank you guys. Be good. Later, Frank. See you soon. Take care, Frankie.
UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie Fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event as NEDS offers a split decision return. This means if you place a head-to-head bet on any main card fight and your pick loses by split decision, NEDS will pay you out as a winner. Plus, you can pump up your odds with a UFC multi simply by combining your favorite markets across all fights on the card. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. For those sports punters, Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. And for the racing fanatics, Neds Blended is available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners to win in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Look, whatever you bet on. Take it to the Ned's level. UFC markets exclude South Australian residents. Split decision return eligible on first $250 state. Minimum blended odds are $1.10 terms and conditions apply are available on the Ned's website. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858. I'll tell you, James Krause, if you did a poll of 100 MMA fans and you asked them if they love me, eh, I don't know, 60-30, 60-30. Uh, that's, not, that's not good math. How about 70 30 60-40, <laughs> 70-30. Either way, people love me, people hate me. And I don't, I, you can't find someone that doesn't like Frankie Edgar. Somebody doesn't love Frankie. He's such a likable guy. <laughs> well, I think listen, it goes so it goes so far past that, right? It's like even if even if you don't like Frankie Yeager, you have to respect what he's done. You have to. And respect and likability are damn near correlated. So it's really difficult to say you don't like somebody that you respect. Well, I mean, listen, man, it's uh Frankie's just a legend and he's just such a cool guy. I was gonna oh, you know what? I forgot to ask him. I was going to give him shit about not inviting me back on his podcast because he's a few hours from me, you know, like under a few hours. And he invited me over there. He does something called the champ and the tramp. I wanted to give that a plug. I forgot to do that and doing it now, but I went over there. It's him and the guy, Roger Walters. I want to say, even though it sounds like the pink Floyd guy, I hope I'm not confusing it with the pink Floyd guy, but Rod, no, who's the guy from Jersey Shore? He dated Jay. Wow. <laughs> it's his friend. Anyway, they do the champ and the tramp. And they do that at, at Frankie's house. So I went over there with a buddy of mine. Oh, we had a blast. We had a blast. Tell me, before we get into some fights over the weekend, tell me, because we talked a little bit about it, your 1%, what is it, your, your podcast? Yeah, 1% Club. We just, you know, break down fights. We talk uh, We talk about fights. I, you know, I, 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 like to, I like to break them down and, and, and talk about them. You're so professional. Let me ask you about a typical day in the life of James Krause. Monday. Give me a Monday for you. Yeah. Um, it's different every, every Monday, but, uh, I get up, I take, uh, I get up probably, I don't know, five, 6 AM, uh, whenever I wake up, I don't set an alarm or anything. And then I typically go out to my kitchen, get on my laptop and I like to watch like, uh, stuff on YouTube, just like self-education stuff could be about real estate. could be about investing. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm breaking down fights. I usually spend an hour or two in the morning before anybody else in the house gets up, uh, further educating myself on something, whatever, Whatever that may be. So uh, I leave the house at 7.45, 8 o'clock, take my daughter to school at 8.30, I go to the gym. I usually have two sessions before practice, like pad work with the guys, 9, 9.30, coach 10 a.m. to 11.30, uh, 
after that, usually go grab something quick to eat. And then I have between about 12 and three to four, depending on if I got to pick up my daughter or not, uh, to do like real estate, run errands. Now, when you mean do real, when you do real estate, is that you just checking up on whatever properties you have, or is that you looking for new real? Is that just all fall into the same category? It's all the same. So like, if I have something, uh, like today I had a couple, couple things that like I'm in the middle of, uh, I have one property that needs a little bit of, uh, like I had a clog, clog sink. And then I have another property that is being uh, rehabbed right now. So, you know, I'm checking in on that. We had to have an architect come out and look at the the property and make sure it's good. So I, I'm checking in on that. As soon as I get off here, I'll, I'll go straight there and, uh, you know, deal with that and then pick up the kids and chill at home. And I'm usually working from home. Are you an early sleeper or no? You go to bed early or no? I usually go to bed at like 11. 11, 11 good. Yeah, yeah, 11. It's like me. I get, yeah. My wife calls me an old man when I do that shit. You know what I mean? I get, I get made fun of, but I'm like, honey, I'm going. And when I go, I go. When I teach, I'm not. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta picture it. I have my espresso. I get fired up. Yeah. Hey, we were doing butterfly sweeps, threatening the Americana, taking the arm lock, and I start nice and calm. And then I'm like, you know, when you pin it, and then you start to raise your hips, it's like a fucking Steven Seagal movie. And then, and I get, you know, the game. Right in. We have fun. Is what I, what I love I'm it, saying. Man. I love you know? it. I've watched you. I've watched you coach before on videos, man. I really, I really like you. Have, uh, you have something that you're, you're always passionate. Always. It, you know what it is? It, I, I, I've loved jujitsu since I've tried it. And I don't know about you, but it's, it's going to be definitely different with you because of our body types. I think if you, do you still spar? Do you still play? And yeah, every day. Well, I mean, I don't spar every day, but I train every day. I rolled five rounds, five, five, five is just right before I got here. My last fight was also at 36. It was with Chris Lytle. And we had kind of a slugfest. Yeah. Definitely not a good. I remember the fight. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Listen, it was, it's good where it showed that, you know, I can take some shots. And, but as far as strategically, that's one of the reasons why I walked away. I'm like, if I would have been a more strategic, it's a winnable fight, adding and takedowns. I wanted, I just knocked out Trig. And you know how it feels when you knock somebody out. Listen, it's true. I not, and not only that, I knocked down Hughes, and people say it was a headbutt, but whatever. I hit him with the old man. I knocked, so I knocked down Trigg. I was doing well in sparring. You kind of like, look, man, you, you want to almost, you almost feel like the second you're touching somebody, you're putting them out, you know? Well, it's easier too. It's easy. It's a lot. It's harder to grapple, man. As you get older, it is. Uh, so it's one of those things where I was like, listen, nobody ever stopped Lytle. And I rolled with Lytle. So I'm like, if I try to submit it, I can win on points by grappling maybe, but. To submit him is going to be difficult, man. He's better on the ground than people think, Lytle. Very good. He's good. No, I mean, he's good. Lytle's so good all around. It, You know what bothers me, uh, James? Some of these guys, like, Lytle would be like a superstar now, I feel. Like, he had so many fight of the nights. Like, people got to go back. People that are listening to this, they should throw Chris Lytle, not when he was beating me up, but some of his other fights. When, yeah, like, Chris Lytle has some great fights, man. Just some great fights. 100%. So well, I, it's I turned into more so, sports entertainment now, right? Like, like he, uh, yeah. before it was just about all about winning. And now it's like, dude, you don't even have to uh, – Chandler – Michael Chandler said this the other day on, I think, Ariel's podcast or some podcast, and I really liked it. He said, it's not about uh, – when, when, when people look back at you as a fighter, they don't look at the wins and losses. They look at how you made them feel. Who said that? Like, who, who said that? That's really – Michael Chandler said that. Oh, that, that's really – you know what? 
That's amazing. Very insightful. It is because, like, if you that, think about, I've never heard it put like that before. That's wild. It's and if you look at like somebody like Lytle, I think back then that he, I mean, he was good, obviously, but like he was a he was the fighter for the fans. And now, if you would have put him in today's fighter, he would he would be so much more well respected in the sport than he was back then. You know, he's very underrated, but he was a fans fighter. You know, and that's I feel like he 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 didn't get the respect that he deserved. Same with you, honestly. Same with you. Well, that's you know what it's really. You know, you know, you always have decisions that could have went uh, this way and that way. But what you said right there really hit home, especially personally, because the biggest thing I get with me personally would be, would there be that big upset with, with George? Because how did it make people feel? They always bring up the exact time. It's almost like, I don't follow a lot of sports, but it's almost like, if where were you when the... Uh, when what do you call it hit it out of the park <laughs> it's a bad analogy but it's one of those things where like yo when you beat george it was boom 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 and we were at my house and i woke up my kids and it was i everybody has their own unique story so it is that's so wild it is how they made you feel that's that is really a uh it's true that really is that that, that hits home it does that's from michael chandler michael chandler said that yep i, I like that a lot hey Let's talk about a few fights from over the weekend, and then I want to just preview a couple of fights at MSG while I got you, okay? Uh, let's just start with, hey, how and Grant Dawson, that with, with Marco Madsen, that was wild, no? Yeah, he's good. Kid's good, man. I mean, that was that was something else. I, I just, I was impressed because I think Mark Madsen was 4-1 and one in the UFC. 4-0, and oh, 4-0. Oh. Well, oh, well, he was 4-0. Oh. Okay, this was all. Yeah. So that was his first loss. In the UFC, I believe so, yeah. And that was coming back after getting dropped. So that was wild, man. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what's next for that kid. And he wasn't bad on the mic either. So that was wild. Um, hit me with that last name. Tagir Ulenbekov. Tagir. Uh, and, and versus Nate Manis. Now, he lost to Tim Elliott, which was – that's your guy, Tim. I loved him. Yep. Him and his girlfriend, and his girlfriend, uh, uh, um, Gina. Gina. She's very funny too, Gina. They just got married. They just got married last week. They just got married. Married. That's a nice couple. I like them both. Yeah. Yeah, They're They're great. great. But I'll tell you right now, I remember that fight. That was a wild fight with Tim versus. uh, To gear. Gear. That's the that's the Jersey accent. That's the Jersey, Long Island. But uh, whatever, same thing. Yeah, same shit for you. Uh, Where are you from? (laughs) Cross, where are you from? I'm in I'm in Kansas City. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, Tagir, I that was that was one sided, man. He looked great. He, I know Tim Elliott. Tim Tim Elliott. That's actually the he might be like the perfect guy to to to, to uh beat a kryptonite for somebody who's so good at scrambles and uh, people people don't people don't understand this about Tim, but he's a he's a national champion wrestler and uh, oh. Tagir. All those all those Russians are very good in the body lock. And I'm telling you right now, I've never seen anyone at any weight outclinch Tim Elliott. Like in the clinch, his clinch wrestling is absurd. And if you watch his fight with Tagir, he completely dominated in the clinch. Like it wasn't like took him down multiple, multiple times. And uh, we had a great game plan. Tim was, you know, mentally prepped for that fight. And uh, and he executed perfectly. I like how you said that, how he executed the clinch with that game plan. A remark like it. Totally opposite of what Dawson did with Madsen with attacking the legs. That was well. You can't you can't clinch up with Madsen, right? Because he's a Greco guy. Yes. So you got to stay on the leg. You got to stay on the leg. I I mean, listen. It's it might seem simple, but that's one of those easier said than done. But it really is 
smart. It is just so smart because it's like this guy is used to throwing guys with that upper body all day long, underhooks, overhooks, yeah. attacking his legs. I mean, simple, but it, it was it just it's what a blueprint. Yeah. You think he learned? Now listen, I, I don't want to say that because that's downplaying Grant Grant Dawson's wrestling. But you think being a Greco guy, now you're in the UFC, you're thinking the weakness would be the legs. Throw a fucking Gamora off the single leg and some of that shit in there. It can make a huge difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I, the, the problem with that Greco style is, is, like, you still have to you still have to enter in. You have to get somebody to engage in an over-under. And that's uh, – I feel like we're going to talk about this today. I could be wrong. But that's my beef with uh, Islam right now is, like, he really doesn't take a shot ever, right? Like – he has to engage in over-under. Like, he does not take shots, hardly ever. Every takedown he has comes from over-under, right? Yeah. Like, over-hook, under-hook. So you have to engage in that over-under with him, whereas, like, Habib, he was the same way, but he would enter in on the legs and then come up to over-under. Like, yeah. dude, Islam very rarely takes a, an actual shot. It's off of a trip or an wait, over-under. Yes. So, wait, so what were you saying? What were you saying with that? What, what don't you like about that, or...? Well, no, I love it, but it's it's just like it's uh, with Madsen. Going back to the Madsen point, uh, Tagir, I'm not Tagir. Uh, Islam is much better in entering in those positions than than Madsen is. Like Madsen will very rarely just take like a double leg, right? So if you can wrestle him first, you got a good shot, you know, because he's going to have to pull you up to be able to defend. But if you yeah. stay on the double single, and Grant's a smart kid, man. Listen. He's a smart kid. I, don't, I mean, I, I know I know quite a bit about him. I know enough about him. He's a smart kid, and uh, he knew exactly what he needed to do to get the job done in that in that uh, fight. And, and he's relentless, man. Yeah, man, it was something else. I want to see what's next for him. But that elbow up guillotine. Uh, oh, what, yeah, I'll ask him in a second. Of Tagir. Yeah, uh, with Tagir. That elbow up guillotine. Yeah. Was I love that. Nice. That, I mean, that got me my ticket to Abu Dhabi. I did that on Paul Rodriguez, who was Dean Thomas's old roommate. I did that to him back in the old hook. You ever hear something called hook and shoot? Yeah, of course. Dude, I'm older than you, Jay. I can't of course I everybody knows what that is. I don't know. There was an eight-man tournament. I went down there. I submitted some MMA guys, and they got me over there. But that elbow of guillotine is so beautiful. Because, guys, he went to go do the, the right defense, but too late. When you do the elbow yeah. up, you can't hug over the back. So and when you just nah, you're man. putting it on even worse, you got to get on the wrist with those high elbows. Stuff. You got to you got to cut the angle too, man. You can't just sit here and you're gonna get hung. You got to get on the wrist, man. You can't let that angle get cut. And hung is what he got. He got hung out the dry. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. Tagir is really good, man. Stylistically, he matches up tough against a lot of those guys. What do you think about Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez? Neil Magny, he's fight IQ. He really. He really knows how to make somebody fight his fight. You know what I mean? He, someone... He's going to force you to fight. Like, yes. that's the thing about Neos. He's going to force you to fight him. You know, there's not going to be any pretty footwork. You're not going to dance around him, have a low-volume match. He's going to make you fight him. And that's what I, that's what I like about him is his, his ability to control range is exceptional. Like, I mean, tremendous, really. Like, he, he works long. And then if he feels like you're trying to dance away, he'll work you into the clinch. If he feels like you're efficient in the clinch, he'll break away strike back and he just does a really good job mixing his game up strikes to takedowns takedowns to strikes and uh, controlling the range he's amazing at range control he, he he's a great he's really a very very good fighter and, and i thought that was a tough fight for him what's that i thought that was a tough fight for him oh 100 now 
the thing with Neil Magny, I think people look at him and say, you know, he's tall, lanky, but he doesn't look phenomenal anywhere. So people look at him, but I think they sleep on one, one weapon that he has that they don't just see when he's hitting and striking and grappling. And that's his endurance. He out, he has that pace and the pace isn't overwhelming. It's in your face. It does. It breaks you, but it's continuous. It's the same. Yeah. In the, it's the same in the third, if not getting some momentum. Yeah. I want yeah. to see him in some five round fights, you know? Yeah. His value would definitely be in, in five rounds. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, man. Like I thought he, uh, I thought for the first time against Max Griffin, he looked like he started slowing a little bit, you know, like he didn't look the same. And then he fought Shafkot after that. Who's a, fucking nightmare he's an animal you remember that i'm sorry jake go ahead no romanov and romanov did him dirty you know but romanov's a monster man like but i i thought you know neil was starting to slow a little bit because the age and the wars he's been in but dude he looked incredible how old is he by the way go ahead jake, yo, uh, jake. that's not the year of the car it's the miles it is that's true Oh, a little, a, a little note from our producer here that uh, he ended D-Rod's four-fight winning streak. Thank you, Jake the Almighty. And Magny is 35. Ah, shit, 35. We all know I was knocking out Triggs' punk ass at 35. He's got some, he's got some mileage left. <laughs> he's, got some, he's got some miles left. I don't know. He's like was, a, a 1996 some... Honda Civic. <laughs> yes. But, hey, what about the main event? What about Marina Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lamos? Talk to me. I said I said Lamos will get an early finish. I don't know what to tell you. You predicted it. I did. Lame, listen, the the problem with the, where Lamos gets the heat from is that Angela Hill fight where she gassed in three rounds. Like, listen, yeah. I can't tell you how many matchups. Like, you know, how many times it has has somebody, uh, you know, gotten hurt leading into a fight and they couldn't train properly. You know, and then she she looked incredible after that. But Lamos is a better striker than her. She, her she's maybe one of the best strikers in that division, and and uh, I think she got a lot of flack for that uh, that three round her gassing against Angela Hill. Dude, I gotta think that like okay, you gas in three rounds. Now we're going five. You got to make some adjustments, right? You don't just keep doing the same thing. Like hey, we gassed in this fight. We're about to fight five rounds. We got to make some adjustments here. So uh, I felt like she was better on the ground. She's more for sure better on the ground than Rodriguez. And I feel like she's a better striker too. It's just the question was not is she better. The question was is she gonna last? You know, and and that's uh, you know c uh, coming off a win over a two to one favorite, not too shabby. I'll tell you right now, she hits like a truck. She hits, yeah, she she's hits, fast. She hits hard, no? Incredibly fast. Incredibly fast and hits hard. Explosive. Very. You know hey, I want to touch a couple of fights on the undercard. One of them that stands out, talk about fast, talk about accurate. Uh, Pollyanna Viana. It made Viana, no yeah. worries. It was amazing, man. She took out Frey after she got landed on. It was so fast. She hit it with like a fast. two piece. I, I had to, yeah. I had to watch it, and then I watched it again. I'm like, wow, it was so fast. Where before Frey even knew what was going on, she was getting kissed on her forehead after she was downed. I mean, that was yeah. wild, man. Wild. Super fast. Like she's got good hand speed. And honestly, she, uh, the I think the knee, maybe the knee would have stunned her. There was a knee right before that. It may have stunned her. And then she just went on like a seven punch combo and landed all of them. Yeah, and, and no, Vienna got. Oh, she got performance of the night. I'm looking at over there. 
Uh, Extra 50K for her troubles. Good for her. And no, it's wild. I'm reading here that she's four and four in the UFC, which is pretty interesting, man. I got I want to see her losses. Because she, I mean, well, she's doing something right now. If you're only as good as your last fight, then she's great. Because that was that was something else. And look, what about newcomer? Uh, hey, you know I can't speak. Tamari, Tamarese Vidal? Am I saying that somewhat right? Tamarese? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, somewhat. But uh, The double knee? Double knee? Whoa, wow. Yeah, nasty. Liver, no? Nasty. James Crowley. Yeah, the nasty. Liver? liver all day. Nasty. Tamarese? Nasty. Thank you, Zadal. Thank, all right, good. I, um, good. Well, I'll tell you, man, that was uh, that was something else. Because, man, you got to give it to Frey. She she might have wanted to. Get, I mean, get up. Wait, was it Frey? Yeah, that was Frey. That knee. No, I'm sorry, not Frey. No. Back to Pasquale. Pasquale. It's just you know the deal. For those who don't know, James, what is when you get hit with a liver shot? It really just shuts down. You don't. It's not about. It shuts your whole program down. Man. It's not about toughness. It's like you can out tough a choke, you know. You can out tough a uh, an arm bar, but that that liver just shuts your whole program down, man. It's like you don't even uh, getting hit in the face is the next best thing. Like it's you're more than more than glad to get hit in your head than than deal with another liver shot, man. The liver is it's worse than any other. It is. I mean, it's worse than headshot. You know what I mean? Like it's it's brutal. Yeah, it's just a shutdown. And just uh, just, Shut. just to clarify, you could out tough a you know a choke that's not really on. Because <laughs> if it's on, and you know, yeah, yeah, if it's on yeah. the carotid arteries, you're going. If you're on PCP, you're going to sleep. But uh, and I think you know what's about the liver too is it doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Like if you get rocked into a in a fight, dude. I remember I fought a. Remember Sam Stout? Yes, of course. So he was my UFC debut. Oh, yeah, and he hit me in the he hit me in the liver and hurt me so bad. I remember my liver like it was like weird and sore the next day. Like it, I, I ended up I ended up you know I won, I won the fight or whatever. But like, dude, I he hit me in the second round. And I was like, your elbows just tighten up. And luckily, I hit him to the liver right like right after, and I hurt him. So it was like, I think it was like a mutual agreement. Like, okay, let's 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 go back to gentlemen's game. Yeah, let's yeah, go exactly. back to gentlemen's. Stay away from the livers. I don't think enough people go to the body. We're starting to see it more and more now, but it's almost like it was underappreciated, like the body shots for a long time. Definitely. Jake Hadley, I was very impressed with his triangle choke because Carlos uh, Candelario. Candelario. Uh, yes, he 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 got a, a va- I love this takedown because he did it and he did a smooth transition to cross side. Sick. And then what we call, uh, I would say if I was watching it in class, Beautiful takedown. You lowered your sword. Now you're in a triangle. So he let his guard down for a split second. He ended up in a beautiful, uh, tri- it was a triangle choke. And that Jake Hadley, he wasn't surprised by getting that. So that was something else. I enjoyed that. Nasty. He's a good, that kid's good. Yeah. Oh, uh-oh. unbelievable. Hey, UFC fans, are you looking for an edge to your workouts? I know I certainly am. Something that can help with warm-up and recovery times. Sweet Sweat is the official marketing partner of UFC and of UFC Performance Institute. Their topical gel got its start in boxing and UFC. as a lot of fighters used it to help them cut weight prior to fights. Here's all the things Sweet Sweat can do. 
targets slow to respond areas of the body, accelerates warm-up and recovery times, slows down lactic acid buildup, assists in creating a longer and more rewarding workout. I'm not even a fighter and all these things sound great. We get it. You're probably skeptical, but just think about it. Sweet Sweat only works with an elevated heart rate, meaning you have to put in the work for the product to work. You can't just sit there and have it work. It's not a miracle product. They have a long list of professional athletes that use their product on a daily basis, and they're partnering with UFC Performance Institute to show you the science behind Sweet Sweat. How do you, I, I can't, we're talking about these big punchers. How do you see uh, Chandler and Poirier going? Yes. Let's talk about a couple of these fights. Oof, ah, shit. Chandler, Poirier. Let me hear your take on it. Let me hear. Uh, wow. I've said this. Um, I feel like, we talked about Chandler and his quote earlier makes me think this. I feel like Chandler should wrestle in this fight a little bit. He's got the wrestling, right? But I feel like, He's not going to because of the quote he just said. And if this is anything like Poirier Gaethje or Chandler Gaethje, if the fight is anything like this, I just listen. If it was five rounds, I would feel great about Poirier because I feel like Chandler's a three round fighter. Not that he doesn't have the cardio, he just empties the tank, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, but in three rounds, I feel like this is a close fight. But I will say this when it comes to just the nitty-gritty, knockdown, drag out, blood in your eyes, tired, exhausted, this and that. Like, it's a war. When it comes to wartime, in the UFC, there's not very many people I would rather have by my side than Dustin Poirier. Like, he has just proven time and time again that he thrives in those situations. And I'm not saying that this is going to be a blowout by any means because Chandler is faster and he is more athletic. And he can hurt Poirier. But when it comes, if it turns into the fight that I think it's going to turn into, there's just not many people that I, I'm, I'm going to pick over Dustin Poirier, man. Like, think about his fight with Hooker. Think about his fights, you know, Connor, him getting busted up early. That he, you know, he just, he, he thrives. And you cannot deter this man. And I love that. And same with Chandler. You know, Chandler has been in those, but he's come up on the short end of those a couple times too. You know, so... I just I like Poirier, man. I like Poirier. You know, he's he's gonna be tough to get out of there. Now look, I'm gonna go against what you said there. I'm gonna go with Chandler, but let me tell you why. I feel I know what you're saying that quote, which I love. Same. It's great. It's great. The quote I love. The one uh, with you know the, how you make they make you you make people feel and whatnot. But Michael Chandler, now the fights you mentioned with Dustin Poirier, I agree, man. In a war, in a slugfest, in a battle, it would be silly to pick against him. But this is not, as of lately, look at his fight with Charles Oliveira. Man, just unless he planned on just giving that round away, he left that guard locked and he wasn't even a, there was no sign of him trying to get to his feet. Does he suck on the floor? No, I'm not saying that. But from that, if there's not a blueprint to beat this guy, that's got to be one. But you have first have to get him down there. But guess what? Chandler could get him down there. So, listen, man, I know everybody wants to get the fucking crowd on the feet like Maximus. But if he's being, if he's a smart man, and he is, he's a smart, I know, listen, he wants to go the Gaethje style and let's just fucking forget about the wrestling. 
if he's if he has anybody in his ear that gives a shit about him, they would get in his I like I love Chandler. Don't fight this guy on his own turf. You can. You can't. It's not a pissing contest. You know this. Yeah. It's not a pissing contest. And yeah. Take down. And when you're down there, what? Up over the fucking face. Do some of that, and then take it away. They're not gonna boo you. He's gonna have to get up. It's his bad. I feel like if he was gonna do that, he would have done that in the Gaethje fight too, though. You know, like I just. No, I got. You. I don't know. I mean, I, I. This is my worry. This is my worry with Chandler is by the time he takes a shot, it's going to be too late. It'll be, you know what I mean? It'll be like a knockdown drag out. The shot will be, it won't be set up well. You know, it, like, dude, Chandler needs to shoot on Poirier like he shot on Ferguson. If he does that, he can get him down. I believe he did shoot. I have to say it again. There might have been a more takedowns than we think with Justin. He might have felt something in there that he said, uh-uh, I don't think he's going to have the same thing with Poirier just because of the He number. did shoot. He did shoot on Gaethje, but he couldn't get him down. But, but by the time by the time he was shooting – he was already into a knockdown drag out war. Like he was already tired. They weren't set up well. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, if I remember correctly, but dude, his shots on Ferguson were incredible. Man, I, I think it, I think he has all the skills to get that done. It comes down to the way, fight IQ is everything. It comes down to, Absolutely. if he plays the game you're talking about with Dustin, I feel like almost he deserves to lose. And I'm not, I love him. But because no, why? Because he has the ability to, I deserve to lose to Chris Lytle. What the fuck yeah. is he boxing a boxer for? So you know what I mean? I got to, yeah, I got to think though that Poirier is anticipating a shot too, right? Yes, but does he have the ability like Gaethje did to keep it up when he wants to? Does he have that ability? I think so. I'm sure he doesn't want to, go, I'm sure he doesn't want to go to the floor with Charles Oliveira either. You know what I mean? But he was there. So nobody. Yeah, but that's. I think that's different, though. That's a different. I. I don't. I feel like that's different. You know, he 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 got Oliveira to floor by a knockdown, if I remember right. Uh, I, no, but I'm saying how he got on. Oh, so he ended up on top and got reversed. No, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think it was a takedown. I don't think it was a normal takedown. Mm, I'm not sure. I think he did, and I think he knew how easy it was that he went for it again and got his back. But listen, this is the deal. We agree to disagree. That makes it fun, James Krause. Hey, I got lunch on it. I listen. got lunch on Poirier. <laughs> okay, I got and I got Chandler. Listen, Caller Esparza, the champion versus the former champion Zhang Lei Wei, Wei Li. What are your thoughts on this? Talk to me. Listen, I'm a big fan of Carlos. I love what she's doing. Um, I love her style, and I think she's extremely underrated. Uh, I think this is a extremely difficult matchup for her. I I, I saw Wei Li working out at the PI this this last week. Oh my god. Man, she looked incredible. She looked incredible, fast, explosive, powerful, great defense, uh, very aware. Um, Carly's going to have to get the takedowns. You know, she's going to have to get the takedowns, but she can. She can. Uh, she's got a good gas tank on her. I think this is a tough matchup for her, but she can get the job done. I mean, it would be, you know, gun to your head. It's going to be tough to pick uh, outside of Waylee. You know what I mean? Like, gun to your head, you got to go Waylee, but Carla can get this done. Do, do not uh, – don't make any any mistakes there. Carla has beaten uh, gals that she had no chance. You know, Marina Rodriguez. Look to her resume. I talked about it on my podcast the other day. But she's got some legit wins. You know, Rose twice. Yeah. Um, Marina, like she's good. You know, she's 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 very talented. Styles make fights, man. And this, I agree with you. I feel that it, with her fight fight IQ now. If she weathers the early storm and gets into an exchange and all of a sudden gets the juice going in those yeah. flowing in those arms and gets her up against the cage, even if she doesn't keep her down, the up and the down, defending a shot, getting back up from your feet. So and, and they put you back down. Sometimes work is as exhausting as a failed shot. 
She plays her cards right. and She weathers that first round. I believe she'll win this fight. But shoot, is it? it's going to be a nail-biter, <laughs> you know? No and doubt. Hey, last but certainly not least, let's talk about the main event because there's all sorts of – I want you. I have my thoughts on this. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. They met two times before. James Krause, give me your mastermind thoughts on this fight, bro. This one's a tough one. It's a tough one because typically Izzy has like a mystique about him, right? He's got an aura, an unbeatable aura. That kind of went away after the Blahovich loss, but he's got it back. You know what I mean? Like he's gotten it back. He doesn't have that in this fight. You know, this he's not the boogeyman in this fight. And and Pereira's knocked him out and decision. Beats him, you know, two wins over the guy. However, this is not kickboxing. The range is different. The speed is different. And, and I, I am a – I think that if Pereira wins, I think he's going to stop it. I think I think Pereira's going to lose this fight until he's not, if that makes sense. All that being said, I think the experience of Edesanya with the small gloves, the range difference, is going to pay big dividends. You're talking about a guy with seven fights versus a guy with 24 fights. And the 24 fights are at a very, a very elite level. I mean, Edesanya's first fight in the UFC was against Marvin Vittori. Like, you know, he's got experience with high-level guys, good strikers, maybe not quite as good as Pereira, but if 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 I did, it's hard, it's gonna be hard for me to to pick against Izzy because I feel like if this fight goes the distance, it's Izzy's game. I feel like Pereira has to finish this fight to win. Can he with that left hook? Absolutely. He's got the probably him and Brandon Moreno probably have the best left hook in all of MMA. But Pereira, if I had to pick one, Alex Pereira, best left hook in all of MMA. It's a devastator, the eraser, the fight finisher. It's done. It's over, right? But Izzy controls range, and he's deceptive with his range, and his ability to mediate range is better than anyone else on the roster. He just understands it better than anybody. So gun to my head, I got to go Izzy. I think if Pereira wins this fight, he's going to be losing until he isn't. You know, I hear you. We got to really examine those other fights. Now, let's let's talk about it. He fought twice, but I don't feel he's in his head as much as people think. I like, I'll, I'll, I'll point to this. At that, that press conference, which with the always entertaining saw Sean Strickland saying, oh, this man slept this man, and he's, is he's, yo, did you see the fights? Did you watch the fights? Now, what he's saying, basically, if the first fight could have went either way, a lot of people saying, is he won that fight? That's the first yeah. fight, okay? Yeah. Second fight, I heard he was winning, like you said, until he wasn't. Yeah. So yeah. is Alex Pereira, Pereira that the, is he the better fighter based on that? You can look at those two L's and say yes, but there's you know better as well as I do. There's more to it, you know? You got to tell the whole story. If you're going to tell part of the story, you got to tell the whole story. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I feel. And that with the, the, the champion – mindset of Israel Adesanya, his love of anime, that uh, Goku stuff he's doing. He believes he, this is big. I'm telling you, we're laughing. I'm telling you that stuff's deeper than you think. He, it's, it's, he, he wants to be great. That's why he went up. And no doubt. That's why he, no doubt. what Jan Blahovitz, he, he wants to, he's going to risk 
greatness. And he's, I feel like he's going to look to put him away, Alex Pereira. And he's with a smart team. That city kickboxing, they're doing their homework. They really are. I know that they're going to have to say, look, he could beat you with, you're going to make him beat you with the right hand or right kick because he's left hand is anything but that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to run away right. from that, you know? So I'm going to go with Izzy it, for those reasons. You know, people talk about the difference range, and I believe in that also. But they also got to remember, with, with one of those shots, there's also less padding. So Alex right. Pereira gets that range down. This, this is another one of those nail biters where shit, you know, it's going to be one of those. I mean, Izzy's, Izzy's going fights without even being hit, though. I mean, he just went 25 minutes with Cannoneer. I can't remember a time he got hit. No. Like, I mean, uh, it's not even a matter of skill at that point. Like, it's like, dude, you go half hour without getting hit. But Alex Pereira compared, and I like, I like Cannonier a lot, but, but how would he do in that kickboxing world compared to, this is going to take place. I think it's one of those, hey man, first guy who shoots, shame on you type of thing. I don't, it shouldn't be like that. But I think that, that, that uh, Israel's going to want to beat him upstairs and show him uh Show him who's boss. I, I, I don't think you're going to see any shots in this fight, but I would be shocked if you didn't see some type of clinch initiation from Izzy. I would be shocked. I would be shocked because I, I just uh, – Pereira comes from that, that, uh, that, high, that high guard kickboxing style to where there's no clinching, right? Like you can't clinch. Yeah. So they break you. So I would stay there. I mean, to negate power early on, I would be looking for the clinch. I would initiate the clinch, you know, and, and like – like I said, you're not going to see Izzy taking any doubles or singles probably, but he did against Cannoneer. He did the same thing to, to calm the power. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. it's smart. It's just muddy water. Like you would be dumb not to initiate clinch against a guy like Pereira, especially early on. If you feel like there's a danger factor, which there is. It, let me tell you, it's an amazing card. It's UFC 281. That's November 12th in New York, Matt, Madison square garden. Let me tell you something. It, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be some card. James, this was a – I had fun. Did you have fun? I had a blast. James Graham? I had a blast, man. Would you I had come a blast. back? I'll let you do the intro next time. Would you come back? I come back only under the stip that I, I do the intro. <laughs> not, they got the only they, way. They're getting their money's worth. They're going to have both our intros on today. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you, um, what I want you to plug your podcast and plug everything else. Plug your school. 1% Club. 1% Club. Uh, on YouTube, we do breakdowns on there. Uh, Glory MMA and Fitness is my gym, Kansas City area. Uh, like if you go on my Instagram, D James Krause, there's a link tree with everything on there. You'll get it all. What is your Instagram again? I follow you. What is it? D James Krause. Dude, James, thank you. Audience, UFC Unfiltered Army, thank you so much. James, I'll be seeing you soon, I'm sure. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Take care, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash Active Cash.